This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. (laughs) Strong, healthy relationships result in strong, healthy families. Healthy families cultivate boys and girls into intelligent, responsible, and accountable men and women who will have superior family values. In today's society, there is a low number of people in strong, healthy relationships. The average couple is still figuring out how to properly love one another. This needs to change. Many of us grew up in environments where the ideology of forming a strong relationship was never taught or discussed. This was mostly because the family was burdened with adverse conditions like single-parent households, missing influential male role models and financial instability. Dealing with these life stresses can make it very easy for us to lose focus of building strong, healthy relationships. Going forward, we must desire and learn how to manage strong, successful relationships and use them as foundational building blocks of our culture. Then we need to instill the cultural knowledge in our children. Time is of the essence because our children will quickly become adults and will form their own relationships. We must act now and pass blueprints for maintaining healthy relationships. Valeria Telles interviews Tremel Lawrence, the author of Dear Brothers, Dear Sisters, Listen Up. Tremel Lawrence is a personal relationship coach, blog writer, author, talk show host, and founder of dbdssingles.com, which is a relationship website. He has a bachelor's degree in organizational communication and currently lives in Middletown, Connecticut with his wife and daughters. He has been delivering relationship knowledge as a blog writer since 2014 on MyMagicPen.com, which had over 18,000 followers. Now he currently blogs on DearBrothersDearSisters.com for individuals who regularly seek to learn and grow from his relationship advice. Blog followers and Facebook fans alike can easily recognize the wisdom and advice quotables from Tramel, since his deep, thoughtful, and therapeutic advice is always delivered using his unique Dear Brothers, Dear Sisters brand. Both his personal and professional experience gives him the ability to be transparent with people about the challenges we face as men and women and offer insight on how to overcome them. His goal is to encourage people to value their worth and teach people how to use effective communication to support strong and healthy relationships. Meet Tramel at DearBrothersDearSisters.com and DBDSSingles.com. Here's the interview with Tramel Lawrence. In your own words, who is Tremel Lawrence? Well, Tremel Lawrence is an author, a motivational speaker, podcast host, 
and writer, father, husband. This is everything that embodies me. And I'm so grateful to be on to your show today. Do you believe that life itself and everything that is here that represents life, that we call life, it's somehow connected to relationships? Is life all about relationships? Yes, life is definitely about relationships because everything in the universe interconnects with one another. I think the highest form of the human experience is to share with someone else, you know, and I think that's what makes um, the world goes round. And if you don't have that um, significant other or someone that a loved one or a friend or a family within your life, um, it can possibly um, affect you in, in other ways. So yes, the highest form of, of life is interaction with, with other people, like-minded people. Absolutely. Also relationships with everything else. Like I have a relationship with nature. I love nature. I say that all the time. And so many of us say the same thing. Nature, animals, I have a dog. So that's almost like a kind of relationship because we play a lot and he's so sweet. And so I wonder, because relationships in business, any, all the businesses we do, they are connected, or most of them are connected to relationships. All of them, right, Mel? Because leaders, th there's no such a thing as leaders without followers. So it seems like everything has to do with relation and relationships. Absolutely. And, you know, whether it's the, you know, the outside and you know, um, allowing uh, people to influence you, you know, as far as well as the right people or the inside out, you influence other people. You're right. Everything just intertwines with one another in order to um, lead you into the, the direction you want to go into to become a better man or to become a, a better woman. Um, you got to have a sense of being a student in order to follow a good leader and vice versa. And you become that leader and you share that information and wisdom to those who was in your position. When you say becoming a better man, better woman, how would you describe that? What is to be a good man? Mm. Well, I think it all begins with the self-image. I believe that's the key to human personality and human behavior from a, from a man's perspective. Um, I did create um, an acronym that I describe within my book, and it's called the King um, Theory. And with, that, with the King Theory, the K stands for keep yourself under control, which is one of my uh, chapters we'll go over later on. The I stands for investing yourself. The N stands for never put yourself last. And the G stands for get down to business. And I feel like as a man, you must have a purpose. You must have a, a mission in life um, because you cannot lead anything mm. if you cannot lead yourself, especially mm, true. a relationship. Another open question I have for you is love. Sounds very simple, but this is, a, I think, one of the most profound questions I ask. What is love to you? Love to me is a verb. Love is action, is being selfless in what you're 
willing to do for yourself as well as for your significant other or for your loved ones, your friends, your relatives. Love is based on um, being proactive in, in my perspective. Um, I feel like reactive is more based off of feelings where um, everything is not just based on values. But when it comes to love, I, I think that's not reactive. It's more proactive because you're giving and, and you're doing things in a way to show that you care about that person. It goes beyond feelings, right, Mel? Love, what love is. Yes. Also, talk to me for a moment about the idea of a strong and healthy relationship. What would that look like, again, with the same idea? How can we recognize a relationship that is healthy? Well, you definitely want to recognize the values and the morals within that relationship, as well as the non-negotiable codes, I usually call them, which creates healthy personal boundaries. and when you have those those formats as to your values and morals, it, it allows it to be more authentic. You're you're more free to to um be yourself, to be comfortable in your own skin, but at the same time, you're doing so in a way that you respect the other person's personal boundaries and you're you're able to have that like minded core value which makes the relationship a lot smooth. And also when it comes to certain conflicts or disagreements you may have. It's more about attacking the problem and not each other when you have those values and morals, which a lot of people, um, healthy relationships do have. Um, so that's what I look at it from a healthy standpoint of view. Um, those that I know that are married and long-lasting relationships have those, the main um, component, those values and, and morals. And the three C's which is communication, comprehension, and compromising. They all have those three C's in their relationships. And that's a, a challenge for some of us to compromise. And that might come from misconceptions, right, Mel? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But when you have um, that straight and narrow path to attack the problem and, and not each other, and you're more than likely to focus more on solutions. Right. So with that in mind, the last uh, misconceptions, what are some of the misconceptions we have about relationships, about what a, a happy relationship is? I think the misconception that we have is sometimes we believe that it's, it's easy, that there's no work that goes into it. And, you know, I normally tell my clients that anything that's worth the value, you have to put into it. Um, you know, if someone provides you with a, just hands you a gold medal, Olympic gold medal, you may not value it as much as if you was working out blood, sweat, and tears in order to get that gold medal. So relationships takes time. You have to continuously communicate and understand your partner and respect their point of view. And I noticed that the more I work on myself, the easier it becomes to manage my relationships. Is that something that makes sense to you? Absolutely. Um, because the more that you are unlearning what you have learned and being your own creator 
and you're constantly evolving, we are all evolving and changing, the better the person you'll become. And, and I think that's critically important because we, we are constantly um, changing every day. We're um, going against those ineffective scripts that we learn. And in life, we I call them lessons that you learn and, and apply them to your everyday life. Right. Self-reflection is the key. I love that. <laughs> That's what my thing is, self-reflection. And, um, and then expanding that to life, that is some, for some reason, it has been my sacred practices. I call them spiritual practices, but I'm not sure if that's just a word I use. And speaking of spiritual practices, do you have any? Do you have any spiritual beliefs or spiritual practices? Yes, I do. Um, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. I, I do believe in in God. In fact, um, I believe that's the, the highest form in um, any relationship for it to be as healthy as it can, as it can be. When you have, when you know something is godlike or whatever your belief may be, it it does create some morals and values in a way to, to apply to your relationship, in a way to pass on those generational blessings to the next generation, so that way it can create more healthy relationships. As long as we lead by example, so. Yeah. How did you come to do what you do today, Mel? You are a personal relationship coach and also a talk show host. I'll be asking you questions about that in a minute. So how did you become a relationship coach? Yes, I'm, I'm glad you, you asked. Thank you. Great question. Well, before I became a coach, I went through a transformation within myself. Um, I had to self-reflect and, and heal. And um, I noticed that today's um, society, um, most of it is is based on instant gratification, and a lot of my my friends and relatives they ha- did not have great experience when it comes to personal relationships, as well as myself just learning these things as growing up. So I decided to begin to write a blog at first, and the blog was called "Dear Brothers, Dear Sisters." It was more like therapeutic for me to write a letter more towards myself, personal letters, just to reflect on my life at that time. And then I began to transform it to writing it for the public. So they became personal letters for the public and people gravitated towards it. And then people started reaching out for some advice based on how I um, was able to become the man I am today. And that's what push me over to becoming a coach, realizing that what I was sharing, it was very relatable to a lot of others that have not, did not know how to push through the pain, did not know how to use pain as a friend, in other words, and to to get that portion to become a better man or to, be, uh, to become a better woman. And I'm, I'm truly grateful for everyone that have taken the advice and the wisdom and now just passing on that that knowledge they are also in healthy relationships but i would say that's what really um, motivated me until this day just motivates me to come to be to coach people and to help my clients because i want us to have healthier communities and that all starts with having 
healthy relationships. So true. So this is the result of doing the healing work. It just resonates because it has been my case too in so many people I know. Um, what an amazing... Um, it's a journey. Yeah, it is a journey. It's constant, right, Mel? It doesn't really end. We are constantly learning and and growing, as you said. It seems like healing is not, yeah, not a destination. I keep thinking about that. The, one part of me says that it's not a destination, but it is that we all healed anyway at that spiritual level, that this is fulfillment. To be in a human body, it's already a miracle to be here. To be here now talking to you, this is the impossible. So yes. a part of me says that all the time. That's the message. But then there's other parts that need work, in a sense, to keep the harmony, to keep balance. I need to keep doing the practice of healing. So it's kind of this paradox, really. What an interesting thing life is. I totally agree with you. There's a lot of social and emotional obstacles and it constantly challenges you every day. And healing is an ever-going process. But it's, it's also sharpening your, your mental. It's um, sharpening your, your um, emotional awareness. So I think that's this paradox, I think, is a, is a great thing to, to have because we're constantly learning from life right. and growing from it. At this time, what do you think or feel is the world's greatest need? I think the world's greatest need is more understanding, I would say. I think the world needs more people to be comfortable in their own skin and to be free to express themselves in a respectful manner without being um, criticized for it. That's what I think the world needs now. We're lacking that tremendously, of course, that is, and it shows within the divorce rates that are continu continually decline in a lot of dysfunctional relationships. Um, if we can just reverse that trend to understanding each other, to have the, the love and the, the logic behind it, so that way we can become more emotionally aware, I believe that will turn uh, the corner for more uh, progressive and great relationships. So you wrote the book, Dear Brothers, Dear Sisters, Listen Up. And the co-author is uh, M. Triplett. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Yes. So talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing your book, Mel. Well, the main is, well, first off, I would like to give credit to Mr. Triplett. He is the co-author. He uh, was the one that did the, we call them hood sonnets. They're um, poetic writing after the chapters that I write in the book. But what what motivated me to put this book out here, I, I seen it as a way to give people um, the tools and the resources that they need in order to transcend to a healthy monogamous relationship. A lot of it begins with what things to to be aware of, you know, but it all starts with you. Everything starts with you. We are responsible for our own narrative. And sometimes we have to unlearn what we learn from false narratives based on previous bad experience in negative relationships. So um, this book is just designed to 
have um, someone to have an open mind to realize that you can create your own narrative. It does not have to be a self-fulfilling prophecy that you'll end up in a in a bad relationship. Mon- monogamy relationship is absolutely amazing. You know, if that's what most of my audience is, is looking for and my clientele. But it's a great feeling to have a companion and, and a partner. It's like having a, a best friend and a lifetime partner for the rest of your life. And the book just gives you that that role to lead to what you desire. But you, you got to have it within yourself first and realize was realize and just be more responsible with your choices if you want to have the relationship you desire. So you also host a talk show. Is the name of the, your talk show DBD Singles? Well, the name of my talk show is DBDS Live. Oh, yeah. Nice, and nice. I'd like to give um, credit to uh, my, my great friend, Carl, who is also the co-host, as well as my my great friend Gianni and Mika. But it's a show that I do every Sunday to have these mature conversations and promote that love and loyalty still exists. Chivalry still exists. And just to have an honest, hard conversations about some of the issues that we are facing today as a whole when it comes to interpersonal relationships. DBDS Singles is actually my relationship site, whereas those that are looking for their natural counterpart can join. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile. I have two links here. So DBDS, what does it stand for? Dear brothers, dear sisters. Ah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course, of course. (laughs) Yes, everything's connected. (laughs) So your book, Chapter 3, Control, that's the title, your book is wonderful. It outlines many relationship principles and values. So we'll be focusing on control, self-control today. In your book, you write, self-control is one of the most important attributes that a man must harness in order to prepare himself for a relationship and for life. So talk to me about the importance of self-control and what, what it is. How Again, how do we learn to recognize that we are exercising self-control. Well, you know, we live in a very civilized society and self-control pretty much means self-regulating yourself, um, also being able to be emotionally self-centered. So that way when you come across conflicts or any disagreements, you'll be able to have and display assertive communication with the, the opposition in a respectful manner. Um, you don't allow external factors to affect you by any means. Um, even though we are emotional beings, I truly believe that we have to be more in control of our emotions and don't allow our emotions to control us. And that's in everyday life. You know, whether you're at work or whether you're running a business, you know, if someone tends to not agree with your your perspective or or leadership capabilities, um, you must have self-control or else you're not going to have a business or you may not be able to keep your job or you may not be able to have a healthy uh, dynamic relationship. 
So um, in that chapter, even though that particular chapter was um, more towards men, that's also equally important for women out there as well um, to have that controlling aspect because I feel like emotions can be our greatest heal. That can be our greatest um, downfall to have us emotionally attach to someone that we're not compatible with. And it happens a lot during the the pre-qualifying phases when you first get to know someone. You know, one of my favorite authors is Robert Kiyosaki with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he mentioned in his book that when emotions goes up, intelligence goes down. And I think it's very, very important to harness that self-control in every aspect in your life so that way you can make better decisions. What is the balance between managing our emotions and being authentic? Really great question. Well, I feel like you must have both. You, you must have the, the logic and, emo, and emotions. They go hand in hand. I, and when you have those two um, aspects, it makes it a it makes it a lot easier to and less challenging to see if someone is your your natural counterpart to see if if they have sustainable traits and values that you yourself have or you yourself possess. Um, because if you do it the opposite way and just rely strictly on emotions or just the chemistry without any logic within the equation, it push you in a way that you may be, um, push you at a disadvantage to be, to be attracted to the wrong thing sometimes and to put you, yes. So you have to um, be aware that, you know, it all starts with maintaining, um, first you must have your moral codes and you definitely must have values and you just have to, you know, I tell my clients all the time, to be your own creator. Don't allow the outside to influence you unless, you know, um, you're you're inspired by great motivational speakers or anything positive, but just don't allow everything. You still got to have a, you still must have a filter in order to know which ones are, are negative and which ones are positive. And then use that approach from the inside out to, to spread a message of, what you truly are, and that will gravitate and attract a natural counterpart. Mm. So that very much sounds like wisdom to me. If we are able to balance all these components, all these feelings, emotions, and then rationality, mm-hmm. that very much, and intuition, because it's a form of intelligence too. Yes. Yeah, that sounds to me like that is the manifestation of a wise person. That is somebody who is wise. And I wonder if we can be wise all the time (laughs) or do we give ourselves some self-compassion and let's say even openness to make mistakes and not to exercise self-control all the time. Of course, I really believe that, like, I cannot be what is not um, deep in me. Like, I, I believe in nature that we all have seeds, like we're all different kinds of trees, and we cannot, like an apple tree cannot grow oranges, for example. So I really think that this is something that could happen naturally, this idea of navigating life in a very balanced way. 
It doesn't really require control. For some reason, that word, it perhaps is, it's something that women, or that I have, some women, have rebelled against the idea of control, manipulation, force. And then we kind of re- kind of connect those words, put them together. And I really like the idea of confronting what we need to confront, but it's not without force, without trying too hard. So I'm wondering if we can do the work that you're suggesting without repressing, without causing more damage. You absolutely can. Actually, self-control leads to freedom. Self-control, you know, when you have personal healthy boundaries, and of course, you are going to be a risk taker, whatever you do in your life. But it's more of the more aware of things. You have more of a conscious way of thinking before, you know, making crucial decisions, especially especially interviewing someone that may be a significant decision in your life that may be someone who um, could possibly be the father of your, your your future children or mother of your future children. So I think it's very important to practice self-control because if you do not do self-control at all, you know, it, it puts you to the point that someone else that who does not have values, who does not have integrity can easily take advantage of you. And I think everyone should have values and, and morals. In fact, I I believe that's what's lacking today um, when we do look for a healthy relationship because we lack that. So most, most of my clients don't have morals and values. And I think it's, uh, it's very important to have that look within ourselves, to have that conversation within ourselves and be honest with ourselves. And that leads to freedom when you have that because now when you have someone that has the same core values as you, love is freedom. It becomes to the point that you you want to be around that person. You want to be able to you have the free will to communicate with them. You have the free will to want to um, respect them all the time. You have the free will to uh, just want to do spontaneous, creative things with that particular person due to the fact that you have self-control that was the roadmap to lead you to the right person. And now that right person, you're entirely free. Mm. So... I love the way you connect the idea of self-control control to emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, and uh, why not self-love values. So that's beautifully communicated, Mel. I love that part of it. This idea that we can work within uh, before we expand that love to others. Love ourselves first and value ourselves first. So we're almost at the end, but I would love for you to talk to me about the, uh, again, about the kink that you mentioned earlier, acronym. Oh, yes. That's the control chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those are exercise practices or they are messages? They are part of your program too, your coaching program? Yes, they're definitely a part of my coaching program. Um, When I talk about the king, keep yourself under control, which is the most important aspect. A lot of clients... Um, especially men that come to me, they're not focused on what they want out of life. They're not self-disciplined. They have no control. So they allow 
they flow with the wind, whatever direction <laughs> modern <funny>. society <laughs> tells them, they yes. flow with it without having a straight narrow as to what they truly are passionate about. They don't have a purpose. So the K stands for keep yourself under control. Um, the I, you definitely have to invest in yourself. That's the most important thing, always to invest in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, then the opposition is not going to truly believe in you. And then the end, never put yourself last. You always want to put yourself first above everything. Always love yourself. Self-awareness, self-love, self-worth. And then last, the G is get down to business. No matter what, just like um, by airplane, while it's in the air, sometimes it has to make certain turns and turbulence but it's going to get to that landing spot. It's going to somehow get to that to that main destination, even though it's making all of these different risks and turns and so forth. And that's the same thing I tell my clients. Just get down to business. Whatever you do, don't just wish for it. Good things come to those who take action, not to those who wait. So get down to business. And that's what I tell all my men clients. So in a way, it's, it's wisdom, but... There is some action-oriented things within that the, the message itself. Thank you so much, Mel, for doing what you do. It's truly beautiful, passing that message forward, the healing message to others. So I wanted to mention that I love the acknowledgments in the beginning of the book that both of you make to your wives. Yes. So <laughs> acknowledging women. So of course, I love that, being a woman myself. And then also there's something else that caught my attention in your book. It's part of the sonnet, the poem that you have. And I think it's, that's the section, the, the chapter three, Control, I believe. And you write, to learn what a woman's about, you got to go beyond the physical to really figure her out. Women are multidimensional. They bring more than just looks. That's like looking a cover and never opening the book. When you finally get this, when you finally understand, that's the point you will transform from a boy to a man. I love that. I didn't... Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that's beautiful. So true that we are a lot more than just the way we look or what we look like. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for writing that. <laughs> Put it in your book. And there's something else um, you said, dear blind sisters, don't allow the mass media to dictate who you are. Instead, learn to analyze what you see and hear so you can filter out harmful information. Embrace positive images of women who advertise their intelligence as well as their beauty. I love that too. I would add. Thank you. Their soul, their hearts too, <laughs> uh, which is part of the beauty, right? Not just intelligence. Um, yeah, their natural, their natural feminine essence. Embrace it. Um, women are very, very powerful. It goes hand in hand with masculinity and, and feminine energy. And I love my wife so much because she is. We all have those energies within us, but, you know, my wife, she just very um, well-spoken and very calm and and mysterious and flirty and nurture. She's very nurturing. Um, all of those um, energies is what highly attracted me to, to her. And um, she is my inspirations. She's the inspirations behind my actions. And it, it motivates me. Um, without her, it wouldn't be 
a DVDs or without a book or a talk show. So mm. a lot of credit goes toward, towards her. That's beautiful, ma'am. Thank you for saying that. That acknowledgement, that recognition of the energies of women, although yeah, men do have that too. We, ha- we have both feminine and masculine energies. But there's something about the feminine energy that's really, really graceful. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you. The ending questions. Would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book? Yes. Um, you know, I can read one. Um, there is a passage that I state that when a man searches for the perfect diamond, he looks for one that has the four C's. And that's cut, clarity, color, and carrot. When a man searches for the perfect woman, he looks for one who has the four B's. Beauty, brains, body, and bride worthy. If you find all of this in one package, Make sure you bring your grown man. This is a woman that you do not want to lose. That is so true that a lot of relationships we see, very good people together, coming together. And then because of that emotional management, that components not being there, then they ended up losing one another. It happens. Just um, emotional deregulation, I usually call it. And... Instead of expressing yourself on how the person made you feel, some pe- sometimes people react instead of responding. And when you react, it sometimes can be in a negative fashion. And it happens a lot. Yeah, so true. So thank you so much again for the work you do. And my ending questions. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? To be successful is to... Be happy at what you're doing. Be passionate at what you're doing. If your life's mission and purpose is to be a, a podcaster or to be a, a manager, and if you're happy and this is who you are as a person, that to me is success. Whatever you love doing is success. And my other question is, what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? That's a great question. The hardest lesson I had to learn was not to be overly critical about myself or to deny my instincts. One of the biggest lessons I learned is to trust myself more and to believe in myself and to take risk. So true. I think we all can relate to that. I certainly can. Yeah, trusting ourselves, right? Wow. Sometimes we can be overly critical of ourselves. So true. I love the idea of unconditional self-love now, Ah, that that can be realized one day um, by all of us. Yes. And my last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? Oh, really great question. Three things. Oh, definitely three things. Number one is... The idea to truly be in love with someone that reciprocates and is in love with you. That is such an amazing feeling to really have someone that's supportive and by your side. Number two, I would wish um, someone to have is to have that unconditional respect from their peers and, and to those that who will always 
being their corner, that unconditional respect onto whatever they're doing in life. Um, number three, to experience having, and and, and to the, the these are those that are looking for uh, family wise, but to have a legacy, um, kids, um, it brings joy to my life with my two daughters, one who's seventeen and one who's four. They keep me grounded. I think um, having your children is is a gift. It's a blessing. Yeah, very much sounds like Great it. questions. <laughs> Great answers. Thank you so much, Mayo, again, for your presence, your wisdom, for sharing your wisdom, for the work you do and everything else in between. Thank you. Oh, such an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? You can find me at dearbrothersdearsisters.com. It's just as the way spell dearbrothersdearsisters.com. As well as I do have a YouTube channel titled DBDS, which is the acronym for Dear Brothers, Dear Sisters. That's DBDS Live on YouTube. So you can see all my episodes related to our mature relationship discussions, such as the one we are having now. And you can also join my group, which is approaching 8,000 members on Facebook called DBDS, where it's mature conversations. And all I ask of you is to come there with an open mind and you will learn something. Wonderful. I'll have those links on your podcast profile, too. Thank you so much again, Mel. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Tramel Lawrence and his work, please visit dearbrothersdearsisters.com and dbdssingles.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.